You found it. No nonsense. No scripts. Real people on real issues. Hard hitting and action packed with logic, reason, and common sense. Everything you need and everything you've been looking for in a podcast. This is Dynamic Independence with Johnny Anderson, Bruce Adams, Marty Foster, and GP. Welcome to it. Good day, Bruce. How are you? Healthy and alive, as usual. Yourself? I'm not bad. I'm not bad, but uh, my voice is a little scratchy today. Uh, as you can probably tell already, uh, it's a little scratchy. But other than that, I'm fine. Starting to get a little bit cooler here, so I think it's just the cold weather, you know, just starting to hit, you know, the uh, the voice box and all the rest of it. You know how it just kind of, you know, it's going to take me a little while to get used to it. But uh, other than that, I'm, uh, I'm good. You know what? Crazy thing happened here today. There was a dude that went, I don't know, like he just snapped or something. I'm out taking a walk today, and I see police helicopters hovering over, like a couple of them. And then I see uh, police cars getting off of the Autobahn and pulling into town. And I'm like, what the hell? Usually... That doesn't happen unless one of these uh, these bulls, you know, from the uh, from these farms around here, one of these bulls gets loose. If one of these bulls gets loose, obviously he's going to be a little he's going to be a little agitated. And so he's got these massive horns on him. Usually you don't really want people to get caught up in that. So they usually bring in the police until they can get the farmers out and everything, and get that bull rounded up and get him back you know, into his field where he's supposed to be. That's usually what happens. That wasn't the case today. Guy goes nuts. 32-year-old guy goes around, starts stabbing people with a knife randomly. Like he's just out walking. He stabs one guy and then tries to stab another on a bicycle. And one of them got away. The other one's in the hospital. And apparently the police got this guy. But man, people are just like, people are snapping. They're just snapping. I don't know if it was uh, if it was the COVID stuff or, or whatever, but I, I mean, I can't equate it to anything else at this point. People are going insane. There was uh, another case of a guy down south of where I'm at who walked in. Now, this, mind you, this is not this is not Chicago. I'm talking about. This is the middle of Central Europe. Guy walks into a convenience store. Twenty year old kid standing behind the desk behind the counter there tells the guy, "Hey, it's our policy. You got to put a mask on." Guy pulls out a handgun, kills the store clerk. Twenty year old store clerk dead. The hell's wrong with people? Just leave the store. Yeah. The hell's yeah. wrong there's with no you? There's no reason to. There's no reason to. The the kid was just doing his job anyway. Yeah. Like the, the yeah. it was a store policy. He works. It's probably his first job, or you know. It's like people. People are just like, and I knew that this was going to happen. And people are telling me about this story today, and they're like, "You said that this was going to happen," and I said, "Yeah, you can't do this to people. This is not normal. What's being done to people? People are going to snap." And they're like, "How did you know that this was going to happen?" I said, "Because." <laughs> I, I know I know how this stuff works. When you start screwing with people's livelihoods and you start taking away their lives and the balance that they have, they're going to react. They're going to snap. Some people cannot handle that. Well, it's not even humans don't like to be enslaved. That's basically what's happening right now is you're you're being enslaved by the government. And so, yeah, I can understand, you know, I can understand seeing people lash out. Not understand in the sense of I sympathize with them, but understand as in I I get get it. Yeah, I I get it, but they're lashing out at the wrong thing. You don't go out and start randomly stabbing people, riding bicycles and and taking walks uh, along the countryside. You don't do that. You don't go into a store and you get told by the clerk, uh, sorry, you got to put a mask on. You don't shoot the clerk. No. That's not how you do this. And of course... The one guy, the guy that shot the clerk, I mean, what's all oh, yeah, he's he's some big right winger. And uh, of course, there's no evidence to, to prove any of this. They're just espousing it. He's some big right winger. He's tied to one of the right wing parties, which I haven't seen a right wing party over here yet. As far as I'm concerned, they're all on the left. But uh, I mean, there's a couple center parties. But other than that, they're all pretty much on the left. Um, the And the party that they claim is on the right is actually on the left. It's That's funny. That's really funny. That's that's hilarious in and of itself. Uh, but then they're saying, oh, he's part of some big anti-vax movement, so they need to investigate the anti-vax movement. Come on. Let me let me tell you something. The the guy, the guy that shot the clerk. Okay, fun fact about this place. I've been to that town. Okay. I've been to that town. Let me tell you how big that town is. Okay. Let me tell you how big that town is. Because <laughs> I, I went down there to visit a buddy of mine who was visiting from my hometown. He was stationed down there at a military base, at an American military base. I went down there to see him, he and his wife. And so I, <laughs> I go down there for a weekend and 
believe me, this town, if you blink, you'll miss it. It's in the middle of nowhere. If you blink, you'll miss it. The only thing that that town is famous for, the only thing, that is the town where Bruce Willis was born. That is the only thing that that town is famous for. There's no one that actually lives there. In fact, I had to wait an extra day because I couldn't get a train to come back when I needed to come back. I had to wait an extra, I had to stay over an extra day because there are not enough people taking the train on that line to actually get a train to stop there. And all of a sudden, this guy's some uh, big mastermind revolutionary of some anti-vax group because <laughs> he shot a kid in a, uh, in a at a convenience store. Give me a break. Give me a break. This is this is as, as phony as this nonsense. Uh, and I feel sorry for the, the kid and I feel sorry for the family. That's just terrible. But this is as yeah. phony as or ex- excuse me, it's be it's not phony. That, that was a real shooting. But this is as. Uh, cooked up the narrative the, yeah the, the way that they're using it, it's being exploited as much as the nonsense that they used about driving a car into Merkel's office last year <laughs> <laughs> right oh we we need to look at all the anti-vax inv- movements now and all the protests now you dumbasses are the ones that put the car there now am I saying that they put the shooter there no no I'm not saying that but what I'm saying is is it's being extorted the same way that's that's the only thing I'm saying uh, as far as what this guy's motive was uh, here in town where I am today, God knows what. I did see, however, I did see a guy. I was telling you about it, Bruce. I did see a guy. I was out, was out walking, and I see this guy coming towards me on a bicycle. Well, he he bypasses me, and he goes over to a park bench, and he sits down. He's wearing all black, right? Dude looks like he hasn't showered in, I don't know, two, three, possibly even a month, right? Two, two three weeks, possibly even a month. And he's drinking beer. Right. He's got a beer, his open beer can hanging off of his uh, off his handlebars there. He sits down. I don't pay any. I really don't pay any attention to him. I mean, people drink in public. There's no drinking in public laws. I mean, people just but but people aren't a bunch of drunks. You know, they just they they enjoy their beverage and they they throw their cans or bottles away or whatever, and they go on about their day. There's no law about you sitting on a park bench and enjoying a beverage. There's no law against that. You, you can do that as much as you want. That's fine. Yeah, in moderation, not to the point where you're actually causing public disturbance, then the police will show up, and rightfully so. They'll move you along. Anyway, I go on about my uh, my lovely little stroll there, and he's sitting right on the park bench where I have to, cr- like, I have to cross back to that point to get back home. So, I'm walking and don't pay any attention to this guy, right? And I go around and I do my walk for, I don't know, like 45 minutes or whatever it is. And I come back and I walk past this guy again. On the back of this guy's jacket, which makes perfect sense, on the back of this guy's jacket, in old English script letters are the letters stitched into the jacket, A-C-A-B, which stands for All Cops Are Bastards. He was an Antifa member, which makes me wonder, and I don't know, I haven't seen the uh, the photo of the, uh, the suspect they caught. Was that the guy that was stabbing people? I don't know. I don't know. It's the I, MO. Just, that, that is the MO for them, isn't it? Maybe it was them. Maybe I walked right past the guy and I didn't even know. Huh. Uh, yeah. It'd be funny if they do post a picture of him. Well, if it is that guy, they can post a picture of him because he was obviously, a, you know, a cat. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you yeah. can't. Yeah, yeah, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. Bruce, you're a man of God. Yes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're a man of God. Um, and you're well aware of the events and the uh, agenda and the effectiveness and the numbers surrounding the COVID-19 vaccination, correct? Right. Yeah. You'd say you're pretty well informed given the nature of what we do here and all the data that we dig through and all the papers that we research and all the scientific Mm -hmm. data that we look at, real scientific peer-reviewed papers out of these institutions uh, and these science, uh, science academies. We really... Uh, spend the extra time here to um, to look through that data. Now, again, like I said, you're a man of God, yes? Yeah. Yeah. And you do follow the science, right? Sure. When it comes to the COVID-19 vaccine, you, you do follow the science. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, I would like to play for you a clip of the New York governor. Now, this is the same New York governor that last night said that as of midnight, the vaccine mandate in New York was going to go into effect and they were going to bring in the National Guard to work in the hospitals to replace all of the fired hospital workers. A year ago, they were heroes. Now they're being thrown under the bus. Just as we said over a year ago, the system will betray you. The system will throw you overboard. It always does. Which might I also point out, those same healthcare workers worked the entire year last year during a pandemic without the protection of a vaccine. Now they're being thrown under the bus because they won't take a vaccine. 
Very astute point, sir. Uh, but more to this point, and I bring up the uh, the whole relationship you have uh, with the man upstairs for this reason, and exactly what the uh, the governor says. You know that there's a um, that, you know there's a, a piece of jewelry that's now floating around. There's they're selling 14 karat gold necklaces that say "vaccinated." Uh, that's mm-hmm. apparently your new way of showing people that uh, that you're vaccinated. Yeah, if you're in, well, I mean, you know, you're going to be in the cult. You got a virtue signal, right? You've got sure, to. sure. That's all that yeah. is. That's all that necklace is. That's virtue signaling. It's just like the mask, just virtue signaling. Now, if you have the mask and the necklace, well, then you're really virtue signaling, then, aren't you? But anyway, I'm getting off point here. New York Governor Hochul or whatever her name is. Mm-hmm. This is her speaking at one of those mega churches. Pay very close attention to what this woman says. I've prayed a lot to God during this time, and you know what? God did answer our prayers. He made the smartest men and women, the scientists, the doctors, the researchers. He made them come up with a vaccine. That is from God to us. And we must say thank you, God. Thank you. And I wear my vaccinated necklace all the time to say I'm vaccinated. All of you. Yes, I know you're vaccinated. You're the smart ones. But you know there's people out there who aren't listening to God and what God wants. You know this. You know who they are. I need you to be my apostles. I need you to go out and talk about it and say, we owe this to each other. We love each other. Jesus taught us to love one another. And how do you show that love? But to care about each other enough to say, please get vaccinated because I love you. I want you to live. I want our kids to be safe when they're in schools. I want you to be safe when you go to a doctor's office or to a hospital and are treated by somebody. You don't want to get the virus from them. You're already sick or you wouldn't be there. We have to solve this, my friends. I need every one of you. I need you to let them know that this is how we can fight this pandemic, come back to normal, and then start talking about the real issues that we have to. Fighting systemic racial injustice, which exists today. And if there's a denier, I will take you on any day because I've seen it. I know it exists. And we are not going to have a blind eye to this ever again any longer under my... Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. That's enough of that. Uh, Bruce, you are a man of God again. Are you ready? And I'm doing this with a straight face. I'm well, at least I'm attempting to. Are you ready to be an apostle for uh, the vaccine and carrying that message and, and promoting the vaccine uh, for people? Because after all, as the governor here said, this is God's gift uh, to us to, uh, uh, to to take the vaccine. I would caution the governor here. If she truly does believe in God and and truly does um, believe in Christ and so on and so forth, I would strongly recommend you reevaluate that which you were calling people to do, because what you were calling people to do is heresy. Just to give you an idea, you're called to as a Christian, you're called to basically spread the gospel. That's your calling. That 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 that's essentially sums up all of what we're supposed to do. The gospel is not there is a vaccine for COVID-19. That is not the gospel. The gospel is Jesus died for your sins. That is the gospel. And uh, it's saying that the, the, the vaccine is you're going to be an apostle for that to, to spread the news of the, the vaccine. Uh, that's a cult. Yeah. That and is, I, I, that I, I want you to pay attention to the language that she was using as well. At the very beginning, she she makes it very clear that I was praying to God, fervently praying. There was a lot of prayer. And then he answered our prayer. We we have a vaccine. I, I, I just wanted to point out that she was pointing out that she was praying. So she didn't get an answer. OK, but there was a an event that happened, a, a uh, throwing out a fleece, if you will. Um, which you're not supposed to do under the new covenant, but uh, nonetheless, an event happened. And that was clearly that obviously had to be God answering my prayer because there was a vaccine that has no efficacy past the alpha variant and it's killing off people. Clearly, that is what God intended us to to take to protect us from the the disease that was manufactured in a laboratory and accidentally released in China. Um, yeah, no, Th- this is the same woman that's firing uh, people that got into uh, the line of work to help people. She's firing them because they choose not to take the vaccine. They choose for themselves what kind of health care they get for themselves. And she's having them fired. And then she's bringing in the National Guard, the military, to take up their place. I, I, I don't know how much more CCP this has to get before people realize that this is just like echoing communist, any communist nation, take your pick. 
in history? You know, I'm listening to top political scientists that are adamantly anti-communist who have seen inside of the academic structure, because let's be honest, they have heavily, the Marxists have heavily infiltrated the universities, uh, if not outright captured all of it. Someone put it to one of them today when I was listening to them on another podcast, they were talking about, uh, do you see a light at the end of the tunnel? That was the question to uh, this person was, do you see a light at the end of the tunnel to get out of this mess? And he says, do you mean the tunnel that we're in and we've got a freight train coming at us full speed, blowing the horn? That light, is that what you mean? The point that he was trying to make was, is that people just aren't willing to see. This can stop. Do you understand? This can stop, but it can only stop when you understand who you're dealing with and what you're up against. If you don't know that, then there is no hope to fix this. A few people, my, I don't even consider myself to be uh, whatever, one of these uh, mainliners out there in the podcasting world. We're just, we're just a couple of guys, right? We're just a couple of guys who saw our quality of life and our way of life and our societies rocketing to hell. And we decided to step up and say something about it. We thought, okay, let's just, let's start broadcasting and let's talk about how we can improve ourselves. That way, because we were following the adage of Benjamin Franklin, by making yourself better, the world is a better place. So if you can make everyone else better, if you can give people the tools to be able to take control of their own lives and let them think for themselves, well, then that problem will fix itself. The problem is, is that there is no motivation. There's no motivation to want to see even what the problem is, let alone get started on fixing it. We have been conditioned from time immemorial, at least within my lifetime. Do you know how many times I have heard people say, oh, I can't happen here. That no, can't happen here. It's here. It's at your doorstep. It's here. How much more obvious does it have to get? We're not winning the culture war. We've lost the universities in the in the larger scheme of things in in this large war that we're in with with Marxism. That's what this is. This large war that we're in. We've lost that battle of the universities. That's gone. We're losing the public schools now. We're losing that. We're about uh, two steps away from waving the white flag on that one. The only hope you have is parents actually storming these school board meetings and telling these little communists on these school boards what's what. But they're not even paying attention to that now. Now they're just canceling the meetings or they're running out the back door saying, oh, well, no one's no one's complying with our covid restrictions, so we can't have the meeting because you don't want parents actually standing up. to These people are like cockroaches, Marxists. They're like cockroaches, left and right, left and right. Make no mistake about that. I'm calling that right down the middle, left and right. Marxism comes and it comes from the left and the right. We're staring down the barrel of fascism, but it's coming from the left. These people are terrified. Communists are, they're ironclad revolutionaries, but they are scared to death of being exposed. That's what they hate. When you put lights on a cockroach, what happens to them? They run because they hate the light. They like doing their dirty work in darkness. This woman, this this wretched cretin of whatever in the hell, this straight out of uh, straight out of, uh, of Beijing, this this disgusting governor. Oh, yeah. Did you like Cuomo? Oh, I didn't. I, I didn't like him. But would Cuomo have done something like this? I don't think so. I don't think so. Sometimes the devil, you know, is better than the devil you don't know. Now, I still think Cuomo should have to pay for that stuff that he did as far as killing all those people. But um, I think he should have paid for that while he was in office. Now he's, he's going to walk free on that. Yeah. Now he's going to walk free on it. Yeah. It, he'll fade off yeah. into the distance and whatever. He'll become some political advisor or whatever. He'll get paid to do a book deal or whatever and the hell else down the road. And that's it. So uh, he might he might actually put up a bit of a fight politically uh, because he did walk away with a lot of political uh, capital. Yeah. They're saying he uh, might have so, to give that back now. Oh, is it? OK. Yeah. They're well, saying he might have to give it back. It was something like I'm, it was like five point eight million dollars or something. They're saying mm -hmm. he might have to give mm -hmm. that back. Uh, but anyway, uh, I don't think I, I don't think he will unless they can come no, up with won't. like a legal reason. Yeah. But yeah. So the New York governor speaking in a megachurch, you're still a member of that congregation. What's wrong with you? What in the world is wrong with you? Well, like Bruce was saying before the uh, uh, before the broadcast, he would have been out of there before she had a chance to speak. Yeah, yeah. there would have been signs that the church was leading that direction anyway. I Honestly, to vet a new church, if you're going to a church to vet it, my opinion is just ask the pastor what his stance is on politics and the pulpit. If he answers, well, politics has no place in the pulpit. All right. See you later. Have a nice day. 
that's just my I, I get that it's uh, that you 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 have your um, tax exempt status and all that, and oh, you're supposed to have the separation of church and state and blah blah blah. This country was founded on Judeo Christian beliefs. This country was founded by not just pastors, but also the 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 people that attended, like the Black Robe Regiment. You know that that happened in the in the beginning during. That the revolutionary, they were planning these kind of attacks, like the Minutemen and everything. This was one of their meeting places was churches, along with you know the saloons and inns and that kind of stuff. But churches played a big part in that. This is it's part of our foundation. Look at our laws. Look at a lot of our laws. They're based on Judeo-Christian beliefs. So uh, to 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 just take no stance when over seventy percent of the nation had claimed to be Christian for the longest time. And then for you as, as, as a minister to not take a stance on things like abortion as a very simple uh, bellwether, if you're not taking a stance on that on the pulpit, you're part of the problem with this nation. You're part of the reason that we're going down this road. So I have no interest of uh, spending my time there or my dollar. I'll move on to find some other place. This is one of the reasons that they targeted churches to shut churches down with COVID. They can't have people organizing. This is why they're shutting down places like bars taverns, mass gatherings and things like that. This is why they're putting in vaccine passports in these places, because the people that will go in to these establishments, they know they're not going to organize a resistance against them. They're doing what they're told. Those of us that see these pieces of garbage for what they are, we see these angels of death. Those that see these people, they don't want us getting together in social settings, organizing and telling the people that have been deceived, that they have been deceived, if you can even reach them at this point. Oh, yes, we are the unwashed masses. We're not going to fall into that trap. I'm sorry. There is a line in the sand. There is a line in the sand. And that line will not be crossed. Speaking of a cult, because let's be honest, this whole nonsense that she's up there talking about, that's a cult. You know, you notice that she was giving the affirmation to the congregation that was sitting there applauding her. She was giving the affirmation. You're the smart ones. You've been vaccinated. You're the smart ones. Okay, uh -huh. lady. Yeah. Tell us why the people that are so smart are the ones that are going out there and getting sick and dying. How smart is that? Someone in the UK sent this text message out yesterday. I'm going to read it here uh, because I agree with this, this person. They said, I made a personal choice to not be injected with the experimental COVID vaccine early on, and it wasn't a difficult decision. It was clear to me that it was the worst types of people promoting it, just like the governor you just heard, like Bill de Blasio bribing you with burgers and fries. Yeah, the worst types of people. I've watched as it's quickly spiraled from financial and prize incentives to threats and anger. Now I see so many regretting it as they've either been unwell since or come to the realization that nothing has changed. Yeah, see, you're still wearing those masks, aren't you? You still have to have a vaccine passport. Now you're going to have to get a booster if you want to continue to live your life. Uh-huh. Yeah, see, nothing changed, did it? You did what you were told. You thought you were doing the, uh, the, uh, the righteous thing here about, oh, it's for everyone else's safety. Don't think about just you. They're playing on your goodwill towards other people. They said, I see straight through those who hold a desperately fake entitlement. Yeah, the vaccinated necklace, the mask, the vaccine passport. That's a desperately fake entitlement. And it's the exact same crowd who worshipped the European Union. UK people that didn't want to leave, for, they didn't vote for Brexit, they voted against it. Same people. Now you're seeing the same people. Those people are being exposed. The ones that are for all of this EU garbage and all this... Uh, World government, UN, UNICEF, and all the rest of this nonsense, this globalist crap. These are the people that have the vaccine passports. These are the ones that are going along with it. They go on here and say, they need that fake entitlement logo for their bios in their sad little existences. No thanks. I agree with every word of that statement. They need that fake entitlement logo for their bios. You remember the vaccine thing? I'm vaccinated. You know, the, the little blue circle with the I'm vaccinated and the blue and, and like the, the rainbow over the top of it on Facebook. They're more concerned about image than they are about what this is even going to do to you. So speaking of cults, because that's what it is, make no mistake about it. Speaking of cults, we have another cult leader that is now out. And again, the cult is cheering for this, right? This is Greta Thunberg, the uh, as far as I'm concerned, that's a that, that's a victim right there. That's someone that's been put up by two failed parents. Uh, and, and it's nothing but propaganda. It's sure propaganda. She was they stuck her out in front of the uh, the German Bundestag last week with like 30,000 people out there uh, and the crowd's cheering. They're all uh, they're all masked up and everything. Just cheering. And give me a break. Give me a break. This kid that as far like what they're doing to this kid. Bruce pointed it out what they're doing to this kid. This is child abuse. 
This is child abuse. What's being done to this kid? She's up there on stage reading a script to a bunch of masked idiots in a crowd that are all socially distanced talking about climate change. And they literally applaud her for saying blah, blah, blah. She literally says blah, blah. They're, they're applauding her for that. She gets standing ovations for that. Listen. There is no planet B. There is no planet blah. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. This is not about some expensive, politically correct, green act of bunny hugging or blah, blah, blah. Build back better. Blah, blah, blah. Green economy. Blah, blah, blah. Net zero by 2050. Blah, blah, blah. Net zero. Blah, blah, blah. Climate neutral. Blah, blah, blah. This is all we hear from our so-called leaders. Words. Words that sound great, but so far has led to no action. Our hopes and dreams drown in their empty words and promises. Of course, we need constructive dialogue, but they've now had 30 years of blah, 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 and where has that led us? What do we want? When do we want it? What do we want? When do we want it? Absolute idiots. Every last one of them. Yeah, they all put their masks on. They all stand up. They all clap. Yada, yada, yada. All right. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. Right. <laughs> Bruce, you look like you want to say something as you're as you're kicked back in your chair over there and shaking your head. What uh, what what do you, what do you got on it? Uh, I, honestly, I was just thinking about Greta. She's what, 18 now? I think she's or, a legal adult like now. Yeah. I, th- I think she's 18 yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. So we have an 18 year old. OK, now. It, we're supposed to pay attention to the science, right? And, and, and focus on that, right? So scientifically speaking, um, you as a human being are not fully developed cognitively until about 25, okay? And that's, that's about the average. Yeah. So it, it, it has to do with like frontal lobe and all that kind of stuff growing into that, basically. So she's not even fully developed in that sense yet, cognitively. And she's supposed to be a leader in the climate change movement. Uh, as Johnny pointed out, my opinion on this is that she's dealt with child abuse growing up. She shows signs of being autistic. Nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying they're using that to exploit it. Uh, uh, the parents are exploiting that and and using that um, drive, if you will, uh, focus on the climate change agenda. And They've because they were talking about she was like depressed and all that kind of stuff. She didn't have a purpose and blah, blah, blah. She found a purpose now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now she's make one for yourself. Well, I mean, technically she did, but she was handed the purpose. And now her purpose is just to be exactly as she said in her speech, blah, blah, blah. That's all she does. And she feels like she's that's her purpose. She's just basically a slave to this cult, uh, a voice, a mouthpiece. So, yeah. And then she points out the, 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 the other thoughts I had here was actually kind of a fun thought. She was pointing out the build back better, blah, 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 uh, green economy, blah, blah, blah. Well, who's talking about build back better? Biden and uh, Boris Johnson, UK. Schwab. And then who's talking about the green economy? Schwab. Schwab. And I thought I was like, you know, actually, what would be really fun out of this is if the green, the, the green movement if they started to consume those people and just turned on them, it, it would, I mean, it, it fits. That's what they do. And I would thoroughly enjoy kicked back like I was with a bag of popcorn and my favorite, favorite beverage as they tore each other apart. That's a bit of light at the end of the tunnel, by the way. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's funny you say that because uh, this, this actually came across my desk this morning. The Green Party, you know, the, like these, these Green Parties and everything are starting to like, you know, supposedly get bigger and all the rest of it. But I, I, I don't believe it. The way that they're the, the way that they're doing these elections that what you can't question the German election or you get banned. You can't question the U.S. election past or press. You can't question that. Give me a break. OK, so why, why do we have democracy? Why, why do we have these democracies then? If you can't question the election, then what? <laughs> Bruce is shaking his head. Are you going to ban? Are you going to ban all the the Democrats in the past that have come out and said, "Well, this yeah. election was rigged"? I mean, yeah. if you go back to even two thousand when Al Gore was fighting over the the, yeah. the Bush thing, which I, I would mean, like to go on record saying, I personally believe, 
I personally believe that Al Gore actually won that election. Now, that doesn't mean that Al Gore would have been this great president, but I, I really believe that Al Gore won that election. Uh, but, uh, I mean, we all know that the Bush family had a little bit more uh, clout than dear old Al. Uh, and then, of course, after that, Al became a climate lunatic, if anybody remembers. Uh, and he's still out there being a climate lunatic. But I'm starting to question, because of this, because of the stance that's being taken, I'm starting to now ask, and I've been asking uh, since before this, I, hell, I was asking when it happened, are any of these elected, <clears throat> elected, I, I should emphasize on that, elected, I'm doing the air quotes, are any of these elected leaders of our country, are they even supposed to be there? I'm looking at the United States. I know the ones that are probably not supposed to be there. Look at all the districts where the counts were frozen. Those are the ones that probably aren't supposed to be there. Okay, that's the first thing. So that's where you need audits. That's where you need audits. You don't need recounts. Recounts are pointless. The fraud is in the system. You need to audit. If I am investigating an embezzlement case, I don't go through and recount all the money that's there. I have to audit so I can catch who's doing it, where the leak is coming from. You don't do recounts. The fraud is there. Do audits. This is why corporations have auditing companies that come in and do this stuff. If you could just simply do recounts, well, then the companies themselves would do, okay, well, yeah, we recounted it. It's there. That's fine. No, you have to have a third party auditing company come in and audit that decision to make sure that there's impartiality going on because you have numbers to report to your shareholders to make sure that your business is on the up and up. Anyway, I'm getting off topic. Is Justin Trudeau of Canada, is he supposed to be there? I'm asking because, well, um, yeah, a lot of those voting machines in this snap election they just had, uh, yeah, a lot of them, they, they were duplicates. They had already voted. They, uh, they, they were offline. They just, people couldn't vote, you know, that kind of stuff. I, I'm wondering, is he supposed to be there? Emmanuel Macron of France. We've been told that the uh, the U.S. and the German elections, you can't question those. Those are absolute. Uh, of course they are. But OK, we can ask about these other countries. Is Emmanuel Macron in France, is he supposed to be there? I remember people back when he was elected, prior to him being elected, I remember, because I was talking to people that were working in Paris at the time, they were expecting Le Pen to win in a landslide. But all of a sudden, this guy that comes out of nowhere, that hardly anyone had ever heard of, gets elected. Who is he? Also the guilty of blackface multiple times. Yeah. And it was brought they, up in the election. Yeah. Are you talking about Trudeau or are you talking about Macron? Oh, sorry. Trudeau. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trudeau. Yeah, well, we knew about Trudeau, yeah. I don't think Macron's ever done that. But- the yeah, mail-in ballots. Sorry, I was stuck back. No, you're fine. You're fine. The, I know you're working on something else at the moment. The yeah. mail-in ballots in France, that was key back when Macron was elected because they have a lot of territories around the world and all of those territories have to vote too. And a lot of people were saying at the time, a lot of French politicians were saying at the time, how are we going to be able to verify any of this? All of these mail-in ballots we've got coming in from all these different territories we have, how can we verify any of this? We can't. So I'm asking the question, is French President Emmanuel Macron, is he supposed to be there? Is Scott Morrison, the prime minister of Australia, for any of those in the Biden administration who don't know, is Scott Morrison supposed to be there? We were talking, Bruce and I were talking to people in Australia at the time saying no one even voted for this fool. They all just rounded up together in the parliament and said, yeah, OK, this is our next guy. How in the hell does that work? My point is, is that everything that we're seeing now wouldn't be possible if any of these leaders weren't there. Uh, now, that's that's not to say that they couldn't just buy off somebody else. But these people and their governments have been key to making sure that there are no interruptions to what's happening and being done by the central banking establishment. Now, back to my original point here. Bruce, you said something about um, the Green Party turning on someone else and getting eaten by their own and and all of that, you know, the Green Movement and everything else. This yeah. Again, this came yeah, yeah. across my desk this morning. OK, this is uh, this is a. Obviously, you know this company, okay? You know this company here. This is mm -hmm. uh, British Petroleum. This is their logo, okay? They also have this logo, you know, just kind of invert the colors, you know, that's... Okay, so everybody knows it's like the uh, the green flower or whatever it is, uh, and then it says BP next to it, right? <laughs> this is also the... Um, just happens to be the, one of the biggest uh, gains the party's ever seen in this country's history. Um, this is the new logo for the German Green Party that they came up with. Do you see any correlation here? <laughs> yeah, it looks about the same, yeah. Same colors, flower. Mm. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Do you honestly think for one minute that these people that belong to this green movement actually believe this stuff? They don't. They don't. They never did. Do you remember Solyndra? Do you remember that whole debacle under Obama, Solyndra? How do you have $100 billion? At the time, that was a lot of money. How do you have 
$100 billion, go to a solar company. The next day, the company goes completely bankrupt and nobody knows where the money went. They didn't produce a single solar panel. <laughs> that was an Obama-sponsored, an Obama administration-sponsored company. He went out there and gave speeches about Solyndra. They had a lot of investments in Solyndra yes, they as did. well. Yes, they did. But again, $100 billion and... It goes bankrupt. Nobody knows where the money went. That's called a gangster for anybody that doesn't know. That's a gangster right there. All right. Um, anyway, so <laughs> speaking of that, speaking of energy, seriously, just look at that on its face. Do you seriously think that the oil companies want green energy? I mean, you see these these adverts that come out about like BP, for example, and they say, we're investing in a green future. A petrochemical company is investing in a green future that's going to put them out of business. The whole idea yeah. of the green movement. Have you seen what the cover of Saturday magazine is? It's Greta Thunberg with oil being dumped over her face. Look at this, Bruce. They're not interested in saving the oil industry when it comes to the uh, the Green New Deal. As a matter of fact, that's being put out of business. The New York, uh, the New Yorker, I'm sorry, the New Yorker, they're putting out podcasts and writing articles now about how to blow up pipe. Was it oil pipelines? Yeah, eco-terrorism. They're wanting to yeah to blow up pipelines and whatnot. Yeah. So they have no interest in in uh, in oil companies being a part of this. I mean, what what, what are you going to replace it with? Like that's that's the whole point. Is oh, when you wind and solar. Wind and solar. Yeah. Okay. Show me a jet airliner that can run on wind and solar. Of course, yeah, you're not going to be able to travel. But the, uh, the the world's elite, the sophisticated vaccinated people, they'll be uh, they'll be traveling in supersonic jets and and all the rest of it. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. Yeah. I've heard. Um, well, I, I really don't want to get into it. Basically, if they're in the process of um, uh, getting rid of people, I'll just put it that way, uh, because, well, I mean, as much as you don't like it, as much as I don't like Trump making the statements that he does, he was right about one thing. He says, next, they're going to be talking about too many people. You watch. That'll be the next point. OK, yeah, seems to be seems to be wafting that way. You got Bill Gates up there saying, yep, too many people got to get rid of all these people. Yeah, got to depopulate. Some people that wrote ecological books back in the 70s, highest levels of our university, Stanford University. Yeah, we got to get rid of all these people. There's too many people. Got to get rid of all those. Okay. Do you realize what you're going to do if you do that? If you're an elitist, and I'm doing the air quotes, if you're an elitist person, do you know what you're going to do? You're literally going to, you're going to put yourself, unless you're, unless you're prepared to go out and live off the grid and have absolutely nowhere to go, unless you're prepared to live like Swiss Family Robinson as an elitist person, then you're going to kill yourself along with it. Because you can't just get rid of all the people that you consider to be, quote, non-essential and just have some upper elite class. You, you can't do that. Gone are the days of somebody with barely a high school education being able to work on your vehicle. Those days are gone. You don't have that anymore. Now, hell, you pretty much need a four-year college degree to work on some of these vehicles. Seriously, they got all these electronics, and you, you can't even work on a car in your driveway anymore because you have to have it hooked up to a computer system to be able to perform a diagnostic of what the hell's going on with it. You can't change anything about it. You have to take it back to a dealership now, and that person has to be educated on how to do that. That's the kind of people that they want gone. The people that would maintain the aircraft for these people that they want to fly. All of these jet copters and uh, supersonic jets and all that stuff. Again, those are the people that they want gone. You can't fly this stuff. You can't drive this stuff without people at the lowest levels of our employment system, which is what a lot of mechanics. Honestly, I wish mechanics were given more just do than that, but they're not. I know some people that are uh, auto mechanics and they barely make enough money to live, but uh, but they love what they do. That's why they do it. And quite frankly, if it wasn't for the auto mechanics and the and the diesel mechanics and everything else, we wouldn't have the society that we have. So unless these people are prepared to, as I said, go out there and live like, uh, uh, well, a Swiss Family Robinson, uh, they're going to kill themselves by doing this. They're going to get rid of all the people that service that part of the economy. You're going to get rid of all the skilled people. You know, one of the biggest problems they had in uh, in Germany when they brought in all those uh, uh, all those uh, Somalian uh, uh, migrants all those years ago, they said, OK, we're just going to put them to backfill spaces in uh, in Mercedes and BMW factories. That's what we're going to do. Do you know what the problem was? They weren't even able, and this is not a bash at them. I don't blame the uh, the the the, migra the immigrant for this. Though they may be of a certain age, they didn't possess the IQ or the ability to learn because they're already past that point from being able to learn how to operate things when it comes to sophisticated pieces of machinery. 
So as a result, they had a production problem and they had to do a mass hiring of people that could understand how to work the machines. I'm saying that to prove a point. You cannot get rid of 95% of the population because let's be honest, if it were Gates in charge of this entire thing or Schwab in charge of this entire thing, don't think for one second they wouldn't call for something like that. You cannot get rid of 95% of the people and keep some cushy elite lifestyle like you have now. Societies don't work like that. Who's going to grow your food? Who's going to service your uh, your your vehicles, your aircraft, your boats, your your cars, you, what whatever it is you you have, your luxury cars, whatever it is, there will be no one, and it all ties into this green movement garbage that they're that they're promoting you. You're told humanity is killing the planet. That's what they're actually saying to you. It's your fault. Everything's your fault. The world is warming. It's your fault. We need to get rid of all these people because it's your fault. Do you know what I see? I see a scared group of people that are desperate to hang on to power. You have a small group of people that are scared to death. They're scared to death of us commoners, people that are on the bottom of the, 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 the totem pole here. They're scared to death of us, we the people, actually realizing what power we have. That's what they're afraid of. That's what they're really afraid of. And it's not just me saying that, right? This is, this is a guy from the UK. His name's Neil Oliver. Uh, and he lays it out better than I ever could about why you see the elite behaving the way that they're behaving. Take a listen to this. Ear in the air. There's no mistaking it. It's made all the more noticeable by the fact Britain has never, not in my memory at least, been a fearful place. And for the longest time, the British have not been a fearful people. I remember unrest and discontent. Of course I do. I remember righteous anger. But I don't remember the smell of fear. I say the strongest smell of fear, not just here, but elsewhere in countries of the developed West, is emanating not from the ordinary people, but from the leaders, leaders of governments, leaders of giant corporations. There are plenty of frightened citizens as well, masked up and isolated, driven to distraction by months, now years of mismanagement, misinformation and propaganda, all of it combining to create a wearying, debilitating sense of constant anxiety and uncertainty. But the strongest smell of fear comes not from those at the bottom of the pile, rather from those at the top. And what are they so frightened of, these governments and leaders? I'll tell you what, they're frightened of their own people. They're frightened of us, and there are a lot of us. It wasn't until the first decade of the 19th century that the population of the world reached a billion. It took another century and a quarter after that milestone for the headcount to double to two billion, and then just 30 years to get to three billion. It's estimated that now we're adding an extra billion people every 15 years or so. There are 8 billion of us now, more people alive at once than ever before. More people means more and more pressure on all the things worth having. Not just toilet paper and diesel, but freedom and space in which to live and roam. While the many queue and squabble over loo roll and gas for the tank, because that's where the mainstream media is goading us to look, the leaders tell us our troubles are all our own fault anyway. Brexit breaking supply chains, our lifestyles making the planet too hot. All they need is more of our time, they bleat. More of our cooperation, more of our money, just more. But as the line goes in the outlaw Josie Wales, don't pee down my back and tell me it's raining. As well as the leaders, the billionaire elites are fearful too. Billionaires are adding billions to their wealth, not by the decade, but with every week and month of the present crisis. I can imagine it might be frightening to have so much when so many beyond the castle walls have so little or nothing at all, not even hope. I think of a technocrat billionaire and in my mind's eye I get an image of a cat being carried through the crowds on a busy city street inside one of those plastic crates you see in airports, looking out at us through the grill with fearful, uncomprehending eyes. With great wealth comes great anxiety, apparently. As well as fearing the people, like the leaders do, I think those billionaires don't much like us either. We're like ants and wasps, spoiling what might otherwise be a lovely picnic just for them. Our small lives are petty concerns. Rent, mortgages, health and education are beneath them. 
More importantly, our lives are made so different by circumstances we're becoming increasingly incomprehensible to them. There are two groups to watch, those with everything to lose and those with nothing to lose. Leaders feeling backed into a corner by the great unwashed often seek safety by demanding and then taking more and more control for our own good, of course. From the beginning, emperors have felt safest when as many people as possible are kneeling down or lying flat on their faces so they might be walked over. It's hard for a person to defend him or herself from a kneeling position or prone, far less fight. Fearful leaders need insulation between themselves and the people and so prefer to hoard everything of value, food, resources, wealth, so they might dole out the crumbs. There's already talk of an end to money as we have known it, to be replaced by something virtual and digital you can neither see nor touch. Imagine a world where it's not you that decides how much of your money you can spend on beer or meat or a holiday, but an algorithm making that decision for you, for your own good. Fear makes the fearful lash out. Australia makes for shocking viewing right now. Black-clad enforcers dressed and armed more like stormtroopers than police and beating citizens with sticks, firing rubber bullets at them, kicking and kneeing them while they lie pinned and helpless on the ground. Men throttling women. My family and I spent time in Australia. My kids went to school there and learned and sang the national anthem of those days. I clearly remember the line, Australians all let us rejoice for we are young and free. Not so much now, apparently. Is Australia the canary in the coal mine? The weather vane showing which way the wind is blowing? Your guess is as good as mine. What we have now is an unholy alliance between fearful leaders and contemptuous billionaire technocrats. Together they have the tools to take all and keep all. Never in the field of human relations has so much been taken from so many by so few. I say the best leaders are those the people barely notice. Those who, without fanfare or hope of immortality, defend freedom and let people go about their business unmolested. Those that seek praise for their efforts are tolerable too, as long as they keep the lights on at the same time as preening for the cameras. The leaders, the people, and then history do not forgive are those that make themselves feared and then despised. Remember at all times that your life is your own, and your hopes and dreams weigh the same as those of any emperor or billionaire. They're frightened. You can smell it. It smells like victory. Hold the line. It was Neil Oliver on GB News. Bruce, what do you think? Yeah. The one thing I would, I'm still hesitant on saying uh, victory is within our grasp or uh, mm -hmm. the, the smell yeah. of victory. Yeah, I'm I'd still agree. hesitant uh, uh, yeah. of saying that mm -hmm. just because I'd. Uh, um, we got a lot of work to do. We, we have a lot. There's of work a to lot do. of work to do. Yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. To, to, so to say victory is cracks. within our grasp. Is, yeah, I, I think we're seeing yeah. cracks. We're seeing cracks, yeah. but we've got, I'm with you. We got a long way to go. We got a long way to go. Uh, but I do agree with everything else that he said as far as they are afraid. They are afraid. Yeah. There is no doubt about that. Yeah, I agree. I, I think they are afraid. And in fact, I mean, I think any ruler in, in past history was afraid of the population because that's the thing is if the population ever realizes the amount of power that they have over the rulers, yeah, it, it's cause for the rulers to be fearful. He is right. Some of the best leaders are the ones that no one ever hears of. Rand yeah. Paul comes to mind. Here's a guy that basically no one really pays attention to. He's ignored most of the time by the mainstream media. I mean, what little camera time he does get, they ridicule him. They don't actually give him a chance to present his point. They try to stonewall him at every turn, and they try to make him look like a fool. Who remembers Calvin Coolidge? Cool man, Cal. Very few him. people know anything about him. It, long yeah, but, before my yeah, time, but but I, 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 would, I mean, I remember, I, I remember what he stood for. Most sure, notably, but <laughs> most notably, the stitching on the mailbags. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the stitching the, on the mailbags. He's he's not well known in our society today, but frankly, he should be one of the main presidents you learn about from from the 19th century. He was, uh, in my opinion, uh, Reagan took a lot of cues from him. Uh, because Calvin, he went, he went through, and as you said, the stitching on, on the mail carrier bags, he went in through uh, even the dye, the color of dye on the bags 
they, he was going down to the nitty gritty details and trying to cut budgets, cut taxes and freeing up the American people. I, I don't know that that's like the, the very basic American idea. So, yes, I, I will stop fangirling about the uh, Calvin Coolidge. And uh, to your point, the leaders in history that empowered the people and stepped out of the way, we don't remember them. Uh, it, they're not the ones that were um, enshrined in history, and they should be the ones that are enshrined. You know, I was wanting to uh, I was wanting to do a short one today, but uh, unfortunately, we uh, we didn't really do that. We are going to kick out of here a few minutes early. But uh, tomorrow I want to talk about the uh, uh, the events unfolding in China. You have the Evergrande, which is one of their largest investment firms. That That is their Lehman Brothers moment. And they are now seeing the effects of that. That is now spreading to their energy sector. And they have three provinces right now that are three northern provinces right now that are out of power. And they're saying that they will not see a restoration of power through next spring. Uh, and they're already talking about how this is going to cause major disruptions in the supply chains. And uh, and basically, these people aren't going to have uh, th these these Chinese people. They're not going to have heat uh, for the winter, the long, cold winter of uh, northern China. So um, that's coming. That's coming. Yeah, so a, a quick thing on that. Um, uh, I hate seeing that happen to the Chinese people. But at the same time, it couldn't happen to a better government. That's true. That is true. Yeah, I uh, can't argue with that at all. We are going to have to jump out of here. So for those of you who have not signed up to our Telegram page, get over there and get signed up to us. We do put out all of our podcasts we do here every day. We also put out an exclusive podcast for our Telegram subscribers early. Uh, we put that out on Saturdays for our Telegram subscribers. However, those of you on normal platforms will get that on Monday. So uh, rest assured, uh, it will be there. Also, you get access to our news feed as well as a comment section. Drop a comment over there. We would love to hear from you. And for any of you that would like to reach out to us, you can do so anytime by dropping us an email at dynamicpodcast at protonmail.com. And we would ask you to pass this along to friends, family, known associates. We are trying to grow, but we do need your help in order to do that. So if you could pass this along, we'd appreciate that. We're available everywhere you get your podcast. Also, if you're rating podcasts, if you give us a rating when you get a chance, we'd appreciate that as well. Five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. All right, that's it for today. Thanks for being here today, Bruce. Thank you to all the listeners. Everyone have a great evening.